to Nanny Ogg's Book Club, a Discworld podcast. Join us as we read through all 41 of the fantastical and outrageous Discworld novels. I'm Tessa, and joining me today is my friend, Nigel. Hello. In this, our introduction episode, episode zero, we discuss Terry Pratchett's Discworld series and the method to our madness when it comes to reading or rereading his books. So this is our first meeting slash episode of the book club. I'm very excited about it. I'm so glad that I finally conned someone into rereading all of the Discworld books with me. So yay, thank you, Nigel, for falling into my trap. Yeah, well, it's like, I probably would have done them at some stage or another. It's just like, it's been bumped up with this, because it's like, with my friend Nessa, I was like, I was always going to read um, the Stormlight Archives, but she really liked them. So I was like, I'm going to bump these up my TBR. And then it was like, Brandon Sanderson was like, I'm releasing book number four. And I was like, okay, well, now I have to do it in this period. So it's like, I, unfortunately, we don't have a new Discworld. Re- well, there was that news recently that there's a new thing looking at Discworld. I don't remember what it is exactly. But yeah, anyway, I have I have fallen hook, line, and sinker, so it seems. I, and I'm very excited to talk to someone who is excited about them as well. I guess we decided to do this after I came on to your podcast, Hyperfixations, which is one of my favorite podcasts, to discuss my obsession with Terry Pratchett. And we had so much fun, we decided to do a whole podcast together. How many podcasts do you have now, Nigel? Is this like four or five, I'm guessing? Yeah. So like, if you count Let's be honest, which is kind of like out of commission. We're not really doing that one anymore. That's one. And then Archive Admirers on Hyperfixations and this one. So like you've earned your title, person of many podcasts. I, I definitely bow before your superior podcasting skills. It's yeah, it's really funny. It's just it's just people like they're like, oh, that's the podcast person where it's like um <laughs> One of my co-hosts on Archive Admirers, Faust, they were like, oh, as part of our media class, we need to make a podcast. And so they were like, oh, I'll just ask Nigel. And like any of my friends who have any questions, they're like, oh, we'll just ask Nigel. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to do this. And they're like, how do you do remote recording? I'm like, well, there's like several different, you know, it's just like I know all these things and I have no real experience, but I just like taught them myself with like a very basic understanding of like how audacity and shit works. I'm allowed, am I allowed to swear? Why not? Why not? I, uh, I already have one family-friendly podcast. I need a podcast where I can swear. Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, I I am really excited to do this podcast, not just because I can swear, but because I can talk about one of my favorite authors, Terry Pratchett. Nigel, tell us a bit about your relationship with Pratchett's books, because you hadn't really read any of the Discworld books before, but you had read some of his other series. Is that correct? Yeah, so as I'm sitting here in the disarray of my my shed, I can see the copies I have of The Long Earth and The Long Cosmos, which he wrote with Stephen Baxter, although The Long Cosmos was published posthumously. So that was kind of like the main series, I guess, I read by Pratchett. I would like I'm I I don't remember a time when I wasn't aware of Terry Pratchett, and it's not like I'm not saying that in like a trying to big up the podcast way. It's just like I don't remember in the same way that I don't remember how Stephen King first came on my radar, where it's like, I don't know, it's just a really big sort of pop culture touchdown. 
And like with Pratchett and King, they've both kind of like leaked into how pop culture is uh, like created and performed and stuff. So I was always I was always aware of the Discworld. And then I read a few of the like the ones he had written with Tiffany Aching as the protagonist for younger adults. You know, A Hat Full of Sky, I Shall Wear Midnight, things like that. The We Free Men. That, that, that was sort of my main point of contact. I do have an old-ish copy of the color of magic i can see that poking out from behind stacks of books and i forgot about it and i got another copy out of the library that might be the most pratchett thing you've ever said like i had a copy of an old copy of color of magic and i had to go get a new one from the library (laughs) that seems like a very like pratchett thing about books to say yeah it was hiding in my l space (laughs) yeah exactly exactly i'm so excited to talk about l space when we get to that i i that's about Chris and my shed, I think, because there's just so many books that it, this may just be a pocket of L space. You are recording to us live from the L space in in your yep. shed, your your L shed. I feel like <laughs> my L shed, my podcast murder L shed. <laughs> so I, I mean, I really loved what you said about how Terry Pratchett has really infiltrated a lot of the ways in which we talk about fantasy. I feel like he might be more popular, or at least more of a household name over in the UK and in, in Ireland than he is perhaps in the US. Not that he's not huge here too. He's just not, I think, as well known, I guess, or as well like talked about. I think a lot of people know of him, but they don't necessarily, they don't really count him in when talking about a lot of fantasy authors over here. So I think it's really interesting to talk also about, and, and I'm sure we will talk about this as we go on, sort of the context of Pratchett and how he is a very British author in a lot of ways. There are definitely jokes in in some of his books that I don't completely get because I think I don't have the cultural awareness of some of the things that he jokes about. So I'm excited to talk about that too. Mm, well, like I mean, on that, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, like I, you know, we we mentioned this when we we're hyperfixations, how not everyone will have the same sort of cultural touchstones. And Terry Pratchett is a very British author, and I I get a lot of it, but he does it well enough that. Like, I feel like any, like a lot of people can get stuff out of it. Whereas like Mike Mulligan, who, who's like sort of an Irish humorist and, and, and poet, he writes these versions of classics, like whatever, according to Spike Mulligan. And he did one that was like the Bible, according to Spike Mulligan. And it was quite good, I guess, but it was so nearly like arcanely wrapped around in very, very specific references to things would like you know pertain to britain in like the 1980s you know like things to do with the power grid and stuff and it's like i don't understand this as a reader in 2020 it's physically like impregnable to me whereas terry pratchett is he's much more accessible is, is the point i'm trying to make i realize i ramble a lot Oh, no, that's what we we are a ramble friendly podcast. I feel like that's that's something we should make very clear up front. If you if you're not into the rambling, maybe this is not the podcast for you. But but I promise we're nice. So I am kind of the opposite with Pratchett. I'm going to go over some of the information that I talked about in hyperfixations. But I read my first 
Pratchett book, The Thief of Time, when I was 14. It was given to me by a friend. And I feel like that's a lot of my experience with Pratchett is that like we would like trade books a lot when I was a teenager. Like this is the same. We were talking about Wheel of Time before the podcast. Same thing. Like we, I, a friend gave me a copy of the first Wheel of Time book. You know, I gave people copies of Terry Pratchett. I, I sort of became like the Pratchett proselytizer, you know, like, have you heard the good news of our Lord and Savior, Terry Pratchett? Like, I I had, like, probably 39 of, like, the 41 books at one point. They were all, like, very well-loved mass market paperbacks with, like, the, you know, tons and tons of creases in the spine, you know, because they were so well, well-loved and well-read. And I just like would give them to people and be like, you have to read this book. You have to read this. And, you know, people would come and say like, oh, like, do you have, you know, this book of his? And and so we would, that's what. And you'd open up your trench coat and yeah, be like, just well. Like, well, here's here. Which one do you want? Are you feeling more like a death flavor or more of a witch's flavor? Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of what how I was. I was just like peddling Terry Pratchett to people. I when I moved, I had to give a lot of those mass market paperbacks away to a friend who actually teared up when I gave them to him because he knew how long I had had them and how important they were to me. Although I'm using this podcast, I've showed you this book already. <laughs> My new covers. I'm getting each one as we read them. I'm getting a new like hardback cover version, and they're very very nice, very great, great great cover art. So I'm I'm excited about that. But yeah, I. Terry Pratchett has been such a huge part of my personal development, both, I guess, as a person and as, you know, someone who loves fantasy and loves the fantastic. You know, I think I I talked about how I was introduced to Neil Gaiman through Terry Pratchett because they very infamously collaborated on Good Omens. And I think that a lot of people have this experience where they read Good Omens, which is not part of the Discworld, but has a lot of DNA in common with the Discworld. And mm. you either like, you you know Terry Pratchett and you read it and you're introduced to Neil Gaiman, or you know Neil Gaiman and you read it and you're introduced to Terry Pratchett. Like, I, I think that that's like a common nexus point. I saw my copy of Good Omens earlier on. When I, uh, as we continue talking, uh, I'm just going to see if I can see it. <laughs> Are you using this time as a, as an excuse to sort through your library? Uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely what's happening. Absolutely not, because I'd have to move too far away from the mic, which is uh, currently on charge. <laughs> so just, I guess, a brief introduction to the Discworld. Discworld has 41 novels, as I've mentioned. The first no novel, Color of Magic, was published in 1983. The final novel was published posthumously. It's The Shepherd's Crown, which is one of those Tiff Tiffany Aching books you were talking about, which was published in 2015. They're all set in the same universe, which is really the same world, the Discworld, which is a flat earth on the backs of four elephants standing on the back of the giant turtle, the Great Atuan, who th swims through space. I would really love a t-shirt with the Great Atuan on it. I just, I love like the concept. It's an old concept. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of cultures, especially I'm thinking like Indian cultures that have like this idea of the flat earth on top of like a turtle. I just, I find that quite excellent, actually. But Basically, these books are fantasies that all take place on this earth, but there's different series of books. The closest thing I can think of to the way that the Discworld is set up is it's kind of like Star Trek. It's all the same universe, but it's different series and threads within that series. 
You have the Rincewind books, the Death books, the City Watch books, the Witches books, Ancient Civilizations, Industrial Revolutions. All these threads kind of exist simultaneously. Some of them are geographically situated. Some of them are timeline situated. But they all kind of connect to each other. Like different characters will guest star in each other's series. And so that's kind of the best way to, to describe it, which I think sounds kind of daunting to some people. Do you think that's a reason why some people don't read these books is how many of them there are and how complex it sort of is sometimes? I'm not sure because like in the abstract, if you said to someone, oh, there's 41 books in a series, you know, they kind of blanch at that, especially if they're not like big readers, because that's far more books than are in like The Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time sits at 14 books plus a prequel and a world of book, whereas like you know, like a lot of people, they'd be like, a trilogy is good, maybe five books, seven at a push. The, the Chronicles of Narnia is seven books, but they're very tiny. And that's the thing with, with Discworld, I think, because like, you know, none of them are what, any longer than 400 pages, let's say, right? Yeah, I don't have, I think the longest one, just off, this is all me guessing. So please, Discworld fans, don't don't write angry letters to me. This is just my best educated guess. Write them to me. I will yell at people. <laughs> I I want to say The Night Watch is probably the longest book in the series. And yeah, I don't think it's over 400 pages. So unlike Wheel of Time, where like one of those will easily run you into like a thousand pages, I, it, they are not long at all. Yeah, like, I mean, I literally read uh, Mort, which is the first book we're going to be discussing for this. I read like 100 pages of it at a go while I was on my lunch break at work. They're really quick reads. Like, you won't be long reading them, and that's not to do like a disservice to sort of, you know, the artistic merit of, of the actual books. But I feel like if you give them a chance, you're going to find them a lot more fulfilling, I guess. Stimulating is also a word I'd use, you know, than other series of comparative sizes. Right. And I guess we could also talk a little bit about like what the style of these books are. And I know you haven't read as many of them yet, but if you had to characterize Terry Pratchett's style based on what you have read so far, without getting too in the weeds, because um, we're going to talk about more next episode, how would you characterize his style? Is it a cop-out if I say absurd? No, I don't think it's a cop-out at all. Yeah, because that's kind of like what everyone expects. But it is like, because when I read the Tiffany Aiken books, it was, I was like 15, 14 or 15 or whatever, that kind of age. And I haven't reread them since. Like I have, I've had no other contact with the Discworld since then. But the, like when I was, when I was rereading more, it was like some of the stuff in it was just like ridiculous in the best possible way. I, like I won't go into too many things, obviously, because then that would negate the need for like you know an episode on more but yeah that's my answer absurd <laughs> absurd yeah no i think absurd is a really great starting point for talking about this but it's not like like waiting for godot or you know like absurdist like type of stuff it's still very plot focused and very character focused so it's this weird mix of like fantasy and, and a lot of it's traditional fantasy although he starts to get away from that later and this like just like like you said absurd narrative voice like it's this mix of like low slapstick humor and like clever satire there's a lot of puns and wordplay but there's a lot of character-based narrative as well like the characters are very important and talking about who these people are is very important my i think the best way i could describe 
what he's trying to do in the disc world, and we'll talk about more of the specifics of that as we get to each book, is that he really wanted to explore how things worked, but not in like a Brandon Sanderson, like systems of magic, hard fantasy sort of way, but more in a like, this is how actual real people would act in a world with magic. Like, it's not Hmm. like, it's a lot of normal people encountering things that are outside their purview, but it's also treating the magic like it's just a part of this world. And here's how people would adapt to having magic be a mundane part of their lives. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, they go they go to Ankh-Mor Park in, in Mort, and that's a very kind of like, like, like we mentioned on Hyperfixations. And so I, even though it's a different podcast, part of me is like, do we need to retread it? But at the same time, like, you know, we need to retread it. It's, it's like a steampunk fantasy city. And it, it goes in the opposite direction to a lot of like steampunk, where it's like steampunk fantasy seems to be like, we've got these supernatural stuff, but we're leaning more into the science element. And Terry Pratchett's like, what if I do the opposite? Yeah. Let, what if what if this was just like how how like, yeah. And like I said, just just go listen to hyperfixations if you want more information. But yeah, I I really feel like there's a lot here of the and he said this at one point like the the there be dragons but the dragons are all trying to sell you something right like they're you know there there's all these people just trying to live their lives but they have magic and there are different species and you know they're all just trying to interact with each other in these really fantastic ways but it's all very rooted in like realism in terms of character so yeah, it, I find it weird to describe a, a series as absurdist and realistic at the same time, but that's kind of what I find myself doing when talking about his books. Yeah, that makes sense. I, like, I mean, there's there's very few people I feel like you could do that with. Let's let's talk a little bit about sort of the method to our madness section of this. So we are going to attempt anyway. I can't believe I'm saying this to read all 41 books. I have read them all before but never like in a systematic way like this. So I'm excited. But I I did try to stick to a few guidelines. Uh, we're not going to be reading these in publication order. And the main reason for that is because Color of Magic, the first Discworld book, is doing something very specific. Uh, Pratchett originally wrote that book as as a parody of sword and sorcery fantasy, which was very, very popular in the 70s and 80s. It's not necessarily the best entry point to the series unless you're like a super fan of those particular types of stories. And it also tends to lean a little bit more on the parody and less on characterization and plot. So it's not necessarily the best entry point for someone who wants to kind of see the best that Pratchett can do. And that's not a knock against Color of Magic. Color of Magic is very good for what it is. It's just not necessarily what the series became later. It's not a great representation of the series. So we're not doing publication order, but I have tried to stick to a few guidelines in my order of books. I have tried my best to keep books together by decade. So anything that was written in the 80s, I tried to, you know, group those at the beginning. I tried to group things that were written in the 90s and the 90s, etc. Um, I have also, for the most part, tried to keep this seri- the different series within the Discworld in order. So for example, we're starting with the first book from the Death series, and we will eventually work our way through that series in order. So we're going to read Mort first, and then Reaper Man, etc., The only exception to this is Equal Rights, which is technically the first witch's book, 
We are actually going to read Weird Sisters and Witches Abroad before Equal Rights for reasons that we will get into when we get there. And I guess the final thing I'll say is that this will be a spoiler-filled podcast, or as my co-host Andy on Monkey Off My Backlog likes to say, spoilerific. It's a spoilerific podcast. As it is a book club, and when you run a book club, you expect people to, you know, read the book and not just come for the scones and the free coffee. Although, you know, you don't have to read the book to listen to this podcast, but it is recommended. That's the difference between a book club and an English degree. With a book club, you can reasonably expect that people have read the books. <laughs> yeah, not just like, you know, the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Oh, sometimes I just show up to, I, I really hope none of my lecturers um, listen to this because some of them follow me on Twitter, uh, but sometimes I'll just show up to tutorials and I won't have read the book and then someone will say a, a point and they'll have read the book and I'll build off of that point and be like, oh, that's really interesting because da 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 and, and then I don't have time to read all these books. I'm reading other stuff for fun. I'm, I'm making podcasts. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> you have other priorities. How dare they get in the way of your podcast career? How dare the education I'm paying money for get in the way of my hobbies? How dare? <laughs> How dare they? All right. Do you have anything else you would like to add, Nigel? I don't think so. Not really in terms of like introduction. So it's time to start reading. So Nigel, what are we reading for the first installment of the Nanny Og book club? We are reading Mort, the fourth Discworld novel. So feel free to read along with us or listen in to get a feel for Pratchett's books or to remind yourself of why you love Discworld so much in the first place. All right. So that was our episode zero intro episode. Episode one, focusing on the first book we're going to read, Mort, should be out on Wednesday, September 29th. You can find Nigel. You can find Nigel on Twitter at SpicyNigel. Her podcasts at Hyperfixations P and at Admirers Archive. You can find me on Twitter at Suela Tessa. Suela is spelled S W E H L A. You can find my other podcast, Monkey Off My Backlog, at Monkey Backlog. You can find Nanny Og's Book Club on Twitter at Nanny's Book Club. And you can email us at nannyogsbookclub at gmail.com. If you are listening to this on the Monkey Off My Backlog feed, please subscribe to us on the Nannyog Book Club's feed. If you found us through your love of Terry Pratchett, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 